Hello, everyone. It is your great friend Bryson here. Of course, I'm joined by my great friend, one of the legends of Pat's Twitter, and that's LB NFL. You guys know him as. What is going on, LB? How are you? How was your Sunday? Did you enjoy Patriots football? Do the Patriots suck or are they good? <laughs> you just reminded me of uh, Boston Cream yesterday because he was like, Is everyone enjoying the game? And I was just like, Yes, Donut. It's like, Yes, we're enjoying the game, you weirdo. I mean, I don't know, man. You, it's the same stuff. Usually, like, the Patriots might start a little bit slow and, like, everybody freaks out. Like, the team looks like garbage. Brady's horrible. Or, like, they get super carried away. And it's like, I'll be watching the game, and I know you'll be watching the game, too. And we're sitting there like, I don't know. Like, they look like the better team than me. I mean, the Patriots usually start off slower. They adjust. Um, I watched it at work on the app. So I'm sitting there the whole day thinking, like, yeah, they feel like the much better team. They give up that one stupid play for a touchdown. And even at that point, I literally said in our chat that we're and I said the Patriots are going to win 35 to 7. And there have been a couple of people were like, yeah, you're actually right. And it was close, 33 to 7. Of course, the new kicker did exactly what I said he could do, which is come in and be the same as Gost and miss extra points. But besides that, I know that you had a fun time yesterday, Bryson, NFL. Sounds like you're, uh, it's, it's like you're growing up right before our very eyes, sir. Oh, that's very funny, LB. Thank you very much. I am growing up in front of your very eyes. Because you know what? I met our great friend, our Uncle Fitzy, yesterday at Fitzy GFY. Everyone has to know me for listening to this podcast. Great guy. Hilarious guy. It's good to meet him. Loves title talk. Loves us, basically. Thinks we're hilarious. And he also had a tweet that said weep and when i talked to him in person he was like man i love it that you guys say weep like it's just like like you just can't come back from it you can say anything and say weep and whatever they say back they're weeping so you automatically win like you could say look patrick mahomes is awful weep and then when people say weep when people like comment below you can all you have to do is say weep and you win it's the best thing of all time he's actually right too because i actually had a tweet recently where i said I said, what was it? I said, oh, yeah. Um, I said Aaron Rodgers. Um, what was the word I said? Subtly dissing his defense for all those years or whatever. Is peak Aaron Rodgers. Feel free to weep below. And sure enough, Packers fans started commenting. I said, I see that you chose to weep below. And they're just like, no, I'm not weeping. You're just like an idiot. It's like, all right, you're just weeping. Weep. Cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> what year was it that Patriots fans literally would just spam cry under like every single thing? Was that 2017 or was that 2018? Um, I want to say 2017. Yeah, I feel like it was like not last year, but like we used to just tell everybody to cry and it was and it a works. fun time. It works. <laughs> it literally you tell someone to cry and they can't help but cry. You know what I mean? Because it just like infuriates them. Absolutely, LB. It was it was awesome. Meeting Fitzy was great. He loves the podcast. Obviously, we love Fitzy and his content too. So follow him. Check out his YouTube. He's a man. 
also going to be on the podcast probably Friday. We're going to love that too as well. So LB, let's get into the Patriots game. I was at the game. It was awesome. It was very fun. I had a grilled cheese sandwich with brisket. My dad didn't like it because he's a coward, but I enjoyed it very much because I'm a fat man at heart. It was very good. I had a a $14 beer. It sucked. $14 (laughs) beers always suck. You You can try to trick yourself into saying like, well, it's two beers at $7. No, that's wrong. It still sucks. Paying $14 for a beer is absolutely awful. And why don't we all boycott this to never have to pay $14 for a beer? Just lower the price. But no, all of us are alcoholics, and we continue to pay $14 for a beer because America and capitalism. I don't know if you saw this, but there was actually some dude at a Dolphins game who got charged like $800 for two beers recently. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Like you're a Dolphins. So I guess the guy got charged after the fact because like – I guess this dude did something where, like, he bought two beers and then, like, he left the game and it told him his credit card had been charged, like, $750 for these two beers he bought. And I was thinking, like, can you imagine you're a Dolphins fan? Your team is absolute just garbage. Like, they're getting blown out every game. You're going to the game like, hey, you know, at least I had a fun time with the game. And then you look and you got charged $800 for two beers. I'm going to have to find it. I'll send you the link, dude. It was hilarious. I think that the guy did it, like, illegally. They arrested the guy who did it. But still, I mean, like, what a, what a time to be a Dolphins fan. Yeah, they ran up the check on him, and then they arrested him. What a beautiful time. What a beautiful time. <laughs> no, no. They arrested the other guy. Like, the guy who charged him got oh, arrested. Okay. That makes sense. I was like, man, this guy's a fan. Two beers, and then he's arrested? That's wild. Oh, okay, but they charged the vendor. That's really good. Those cowards from the vendors, we don't know what they do with our credit cards when we give it to them. For all we know, you know, none of none of us real adults check our credit card statements. We don't care. I guess, like, the guy did something. I think it might have been, like, that cell phone thing. I can't remember what the story is, but the guy did it, like – really sketchy like did he think that somebody wasn't gonna notice the eight hundred dollars that went missing for the two beers like maybe if he charged like i don't know 25 bucks for both of them or like a piece like you know if you try to make a couple extra bucks off it maybe nobody notices but i mean you go a little overboard when you're trying to get like four hundred dollars a piece for a beer i mean that's a little excessive I don't know about you, but as much as I love booze, I'm not trying to pay $400 for it. You know what I mean? Like you said, $14 for a beer is just highway robbery anyways. <laughs> yeah, it is, LB. All right. Talk about highway robbery. Patriots Redskins. Patriots owning. You know, I was at the game. In the first half, Patriots fans were obviously crying because that's what Patriots fans do. love you guys very much, but you guys cry a whole lot. And sometimes it's me crying. Sometimes it's LB crying. But we all at some point cry. And the Patriots do this when they see six points and the Redskins have seven off of a fluke play. But it, but when I saw the game, the Patriots were moving the ball. They had a couple of dumb penalties. Tom Brady had a couple of dumb sacks. He had four sacks on the day. I rewatched the game. I think I put three, three sacks on Brady just because he was holding the ball, not getting the ball out soon enough, players open. And then the one sack on Marcus Cannon um, because Marcus Cannon got bull rushed straight into Tom Brady and there's a lot of – slow developing longer routes maybe he could have thrown the ball away but i instead choose to give that one to marcus cannon so that was really the only problem with the offense um i'm just gonna say big props to the patriots and sony michelle for a splitting sony out burns throwing him some balls he yeah he ran a couple curls they were nice sure he fell down on a route and no one saw it but me and i won't bring this up i just did but just forget about it 
Sonny Michelle looked decent running routes. He caught the ball. He made some plays. And because of that, the Patriots ran the ball way more effectively when he was on the field. It was a beautiful thing. We've been wanting this the whole entire time, and they finally did it. So props to the Patriots and props to Sonny Michelle. Everyone getting it done. And also props to the offensive line, too, for getting their shit in checked after the first half. Yeah, that first half was brutal, man. You know, I did like – I actually saw signs of encouragement from – Brady on one of the plays where he actually ended up getting sacked on it. But I remember a couple of years ago, um, Brady was actively talking about how he was trying to extend plays more. I think he had said he was watching just different quarterbacks and how they extend plays. And he was doing it more, you know, for quarterbacks that don't have as much speed as him. Obviously, he's not going to extend plays in the same way that, you know, uh, Russell Wilson extends plays, but just different ways to go about it. I saw him utilize that that ducky does sometimes you know what i mean i thought i saw two plays yesterday where he kind of ducked under one guy uh he got sacked on one of them but he ducked and actually avoided the first pressure we're so used to seeing tom be really smart about taking sacks and we love that about him but yesterday he was kind of it looked like he watched a lot of film this week and said you know what i know that it's best for me to live to play another day and not take brutal hits but it just looked like he was actually trying to move around a little bit more, avoid a sack if he could avoid a sack to extend the play a couple more seconds. That's just what my naked eye took away from yesterday. I could be totally wrong and it could have been nothing, but it just felt that way watching it in real time that, you know, he was trying to do more to extend plays. He knows his offensive line probably right now isn't playing great. And I think, I'm trying to remember what years it was that he was really talking about that. Do you remember what I'm talking about here when he talked about extending plays? Yeah, I do. After the 2013 season when Brady felt like he really could have made a lot more plays, but he just wasn't he wasn't extending, like you said, or moving around the pocket north, south, left, right like he wanted to. And then he worked on it and then showed in the 2014-15 season. Yeah, and it actually, you know, and it's funny that you say that because 2013, by his numbers, you would have thought that was his cliff year. I mean, if you look at his stats based on from – you know, after 2007, that would have been his worst statistical year. Obviously, we all know he didn't have very good weapons that year. I mean, we don't even have to get into the 2013 weapons. That was a very poor cast of characters he was surrounded by. But like you said, in in those following years, 2014, 2015, you could definitely see a different quarterback. He looked better. I mean, whether it was weapons, whatever it was, but he just he just looked better. And you know, he started doing that where he was extending plays. I thought I saw that yesterday. I thought that a lot this year we've kind of seen him just chuck it at the guy's feet. He does that a lot where he just kind of throws it at the guy's feet or um, throws it away or just kind of falls and takes the sack, which I love because I'd prefer that he doesn't take vicious, vicious sacks. But it was just nice to see him actually trying to extend plays a little bit, whether whether or not it was a real thing. I don't know if anybody else has noticed it. It was just something that I thought I noticed, and it was – I thought he looked good yesterday, man. I mean, you were at the game. How did you think he looked? I thought aside from the dumb sacks and the, the dumb throw to James White, interception to James White, he was really good. He had a lot of really good throws. A lot, uh, One throw that people won't notice, the Ryan Izzo throw, I believe it was, in the end zone where Izzo had pass interference. That was a really good throw. He had a, He had some really nice ones, Edelman, obviously Gordon. I was really encouraged by what Tom Brady played. Um, but one thing I will say this year, something to monitor, not to worry about yet, but 2017, 
actually our good friend at Mikey GFY. Thank you for these stats very much. I didn't have to do any work because Mikey GFY, our man, is the goat and gave these stats to me. So red zone stats for Tom Brady. 2017, 52 for 86, 333 yards, 26 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's considered a very good Brady year. That's why I included 2017 and 2018. And then in 2018, when Sony Michelle in the run game had, I would say, leached a bunch of touchdowns at the red, in the red zone, 49 for 86, 376, 18 touchdowns, one interception. So one interception, around 58% completion for both years, around the same, 57 to 58 one interception only. In 2019, he's about on the same pace, 17 for 29, 92 yards, four touchdowns, but two interceptions. And we know Brady's had a couple of those two really, really dumb picks in the end zone, which has steered them away from points, obviously. But he's on, you know, he's completing about the same amount of passes. But Tom Brady will get better in the red zone, I believe. But it's just something to watch. As as we go, the offense has the offense scores thirty three points, and the way they can get better is Tom Brady and be a little bit better in the end zone. He was really good throughout the twenties, but if they can fix that up, the offense is way better. I actually I, I had noticed that you had asked for that stat those stats yesterday. I was curious to hear those myself because I know that you've seen me talk about it a little bit in the chat where I said, you know, part for some of the reason I've wondered if they've not thrown it in quite as much is because they haven't been as good at as throwing in that in. Now that can, people can hear that and think, Oh, you're just blaming Brady for why they can't throw it in. Well, I look at last year and what we saw, that wasn't the same Rob Gronkowski. I mean, in the red area, Rob Gronkowski, that's your guy. I mean, for a long time last year, Gronk not only missed games, but when he was on the field, did he ever feel like the same Rob Gronkowski to you? I mean, so I think that definitely impacts it. I think Gronk last year wasn't the same guy. He was still very good, but not the same Rob Gronkowski. And now you get down in the red area this year, you don't have any Rob Gronkowski, period. You just have, you know, a, a different cast of guys, you know, around Brady. You don't have that big, huge target that you're throwing to anymore. I know that you and I have talked a little bit, and we've actually talked a little bit about Julio Jones in the red area and how some guys are just naturally better better at – some guys are just better down there than others. Rob Gronkowski was amazing down there. You know, you can credit his size. You can credit his – whatever you want to credit it to. Some people just have a nose for it, and other guys just kind of don't, and that's fine. It doesn't mean Julio's not the best wide receiver in the NFL, but maybe he's not the best in the red zone, you know? And I just wonder if, if the Rob Gronkowski stuff has impacted it a little bit. I mean – so you said he had 26 touchdowns, no picks in 2017. Is that what it was? Yep, an 18 to one in 2018. Obviously, he had the Ryan Izzo touchdown in the end zone, um, the Brandon Bolden touchdown, and then the Julian Edelman touchdown. So he did have two really good plays: Edelman touchdown, the Ryan Izzo wide open, obviously. But he did have some good plays in the red zone too. So, so I think I'm just I, I guess in my head I start to just think some of it's probably the Gronkowski stuff. You kind of use you kind of lose that weapon down there the past couple of years, and you, your interceptions now he has three. Did that include the AFC Championship game? Is what I'm wondering, or is that just regular season? Because he had that one in the in the um down there in the red zone last year in the AFC Championship game as well. So it's like. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but that play call also kind of sucked. I think most people would agree that they should have just kept running it at that point in that AFC championship game last year. But, you know, like you said, I thought that there was tons of good stuff. I loved seeing the tight ends get involved. That probably had to been my favorite thing seeing yesterday is that 
I mean, I don't think anybody's expecting Rob Gronkowski production, but it was great just seeing uh, Lacoste and Izzo both catch passes. And then today, Watson gets cut. And I don't think it's coincidence that they got the tight ends more involved yesterday and then Watson's cut today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was actually, now that you say that, it was good to see Josh Gordon also involved a whole lot because he's very handsome and very fast and very good. <laughs> People said he did, he wouldn't he uh, wasn't getting separation. This was a lie. This was a total lie. The Patriots are using him in different ways. And this game, they really made an effort to get Gordon involved. And if he catches that big that big play where he's wide open and Brady hits him just by a couple inches, his numbers look monstrous on the day. He had a really good day, and the tight ends were good. And it just felt like they um, Josh McDaniels trusted the offense as a whole a lot more, trusted the tight ends a lot more, allowed him to do more things, allowed Sonny Michelle to do a whole lot more things. Like, like our boy Sammy said, um, they had to open the playbook up a little bit, and I think they did, and I think it worked. I thought yesterday was honestly Sony's best all-around game since he's been here. And people can say, I know people will will be like, oh, well, no, he had those games where he ran for like 100 whatever yards. Like, who really cares about the rushing yards? I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking I saw him make a couple nice plays in pass protection, which has never been an issue with him anyways. I I can't remember him ever really missing blocks. He's a very physical guy. Sony's way more physical than I thought coming out of uh, Georgia. I thought he was more like, because people always said he plays so fast. He's faster than his 40. Uh, and he had all these big touchdown runs. So I was thinking he was this flashy guy. But Sony's honestly really physical. And you notice it, it's in his play style when he runs the ball, too. He runs the ball real physical. And watching him pass protect, you see that physicality. He's not afraid to hit somebody in the mouth. Catching the ball, I thought yesterday he looked fantastic. He looked way more comfortable than last year at any point and more so after the catch he turned it up field quickly he looked good getting up the field he took advantage of his physical play i think he on that first catch he had i'm I, in person you saw it so you probably can remember it better than me i feel like he kind of like made a guy miss and then he fought for those last three yards and he was carrying a d-back he had another guy and it was just like dude that's what you need to do man when you get the ball in your hands be physical, you know, because Sony's a physical runner. And it was just awesome seeing him catch the ball and then just like smash into a cornerback and a safety because how often does he probably get to do that where he's not running into linebackers? Yeah, absolutely, LB. Sony had a Sony had a good day yesterday. He made some guys miss, caught some passes, even lined up wide, like I said, ran a nice curl route. Yeah, it was a good day for Sony Michelle on the offense. One thing I will say, um, the, the problem with the offense when it stalls usually – it's usually because um, Newhouse and Marcus Cannon, they haven't been really playing that well. I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of Marcus Cannon's pass blocking, but in the past they've had Trent Brown, obviously Isaiah Wynn. Uh, so they've, had, they've been able to protect Marcus Cannon one-on-one, but some, there's just days where he's playing someone fast or really strong and just gets beat. And now when they have Newhouse, it's kind of hard to help Cannon and Newhouse. So when Isaiah Wynn comes back, it'll also be huge for the offense We'll open up some deeper, long-developing routes. But they were good in this game. Quick passes, stuff like that. And occasionally, they did block really well. And when they did, Brady did really well. So it was a great day for the offense as a whole. Anything else uh, you want to say for the offense, LB? Um, You know, I think that you probably got to most of it. The offensive line at times was just really poor. But I know, like you've even said, second half, much better. Sonny Michelle, in my opinion, best all-around day as a Patriot. He contributed and just about every way that he could have. Um, I thought Josh Gordon looked better. I know you already touched on a little bit. Julian Edelman 
had his best day of the year. It sucks seeing him get up and grab those ribs. And, you know, he he's a he's really banged up right now, which does worry me a little bit going forward. Would like to see him get healthy. The tight ends getting involved, love to see that. Um man, I feel like I feel like they did a lot of things well yesterday offensively. It was and I definitely want to say I always love when Brandon Bolden scores a touchdown because I've always kind of defended Bolden. I've I've always seen people be like, oh, he sucks. Like, he's terrible. I hate when he's on the field. It's like, hey, man, leave Brandon Bolden alone. That's my guy. He uh, He's actually my friend on PlayStation 4. We used to play um, Grand Theft Auto together, so I've always kind of liked Bolden. So it's always pretty cool when he scores a touchdown. I'm going to have to message him tonight on there, you know, act like a total weirdo. Be like, hey, man, nice touchdown. He probably will just block me immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I'm not blocked by more Patriots players. They're probably like, man, who is this guy? And why is he so weird? Stop sending me pictures of like me, like cold grocery bags. And they say, I love for Isaiah Wynn, more love for Isaiah Wynn. Like, just get out of here, you freak. The Isaiah Wynn stuff's always funny, man. He always likes it, though. He must just, dude, you, he must be like this King Bryce guy just loves me. I don't even know like what it is, but this guy just really loves me. Trent Brown probably has messaged him being like, yo, man, back off. King Bryson NFL is mine. The Brent, I know the Brown stuff last year was pretty outrageous too. Hey, we've gotten a falling out now because he's he's uh, he's openly inviting Stephon Diggs to be on the Raiders, and I said Trent, no, bad Trent, Close your room, no, bad. Stop. Did he reply to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff, man. Isaiah Wynn must you must make his day. How many offensive linemen get this much love? I know that's what I do because they're underappreciated and I love them very much. You know, when they're good, they're really good. And it's awesome. It's awesome to see and something else that it's awesome to see. LB. I've got a great stat for everyone. Everyone's going to love it very much. This was before the Redskins game. And um, I think it's probably going to remain the same or maybe, yeah, it'll at least remain the same, I think, but per DVOA, it's obviously adjusted to adjust the opponent, things like that. The Patriots defense so far in the modern era, when you think of the modern era of the passing era, you think of the 13 Seahawks, the 15 Broncos, the 17 Bears. You're like, man, these defenses are really good. Some of them historic. So, you know, the, two of them won Super Bowls. The 17 Bears probably might if they had a competent quarterback. But the Patriots are better in DVA and defense than all of these teams, all three of these teams. And some of them, they're very, very much better. Like the Patriots, I think, are on average like 15% better than all of these teams. So that's really good to see. We've been, if you know, we've been fans for a long time. So we've been through the days where the secondary, every player was a curse word. And now every player in the secondary is like, yep, that guy's the greatest corner in the NFL. Yep, that guy's the second greatest corner in the NFL. It's really great to see. I'm really proud of the Patriots defense. Um, they only had really one bad play yesterday. They only had like one bad play. And the other the other nitpicky thing you want to say is like Gilmore allowed some, a couple catches to McLaurin. But McLaurin's a really good player. I was really impressed with McLaurin. He's really fast. He can run some routes. Wish he was a Patriot. But that was about the only thing. You can't really talk. You can't really say too much anything else there. The defense was great again. Hightower and Collins, freaks. I'll let you talk about them, LB, because you love them too. Hightower and Collins absolutely pop off the screen fast. What do you think, LB? You know, it's funny. I love that you just brought up fast because I kept thinking this watching the Chiefs game last night is that the Kansas City Chiefs defense looks friggin' slow, dude. It's like 
everybody on offense versus the Chiefs defense looks so fast. And every it's like I was watching that game last night. Like, wow, every Colts player gets up the field so fast on this Chiefs defense. And it's like crazy. And then I start thinking, boy, the Patriots defense is insanely fast. I watch the Patriots defense. Then I watch this Chiefs garbage defense. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude. This is what it's like to have all this speed on defense because even Hightower looks faster this year. He, he looked like he had lost some weight in the offseason, trimmed down. Um, I remember you had a tweet last year that was hilarious. It was about Trent Brown and Hightower like fighting at the buffet, <laughs> at the buffet line, <laughs> like over like the last. I can't. It was some. It was something like real, real silly, no, obviously. But Ob, I want to clear it up because the people have to know because this is what happened. Because as you know, all of us have insider information. Ob does. I do. Obviously. So um, what happened was Hightower and um, Danny Shelton were very good buffet buddies. And they just, you know what Danny Shelton looks like. He's a very nice man. He's very good at football. But maybe Hightower and him just kind of hit the buffet too much. And one time Hightower just wanted Danny Shelton to get his paws off his tacos on Taco Tuesday. And it was a big rift, obviously. Uh, I'm just reporting it now. I mean, I reported it then, but no one listened but you, LB. So this is what happened. And then the funny thing is, LB... Danny Shelton, you know, free agent, isn't with the team. And all of a sudden, our friend Dante Hightower starts leaning out without his buffet partner. So then Danny Shelton comes back, and then Danny Shelton starts balling too. So maybe they both just needed a break from each other. They're like a very toxic relationship where they fight all the time, and they just needed this little break. And now they're good. Everything's, everything's you know, shalom, peaceful. I love it. We love it. As Patriots fans, we love it. Bill knew he had to split those two up for a while. He made the right call. Bill always, Bill is always the best at reading his locker room. He saw those two going at it every night over the uh, over the tacos and just knew he had to split these two guys up. He was like, this is not a good working relationship. I know we won the Super Bowl, but Jesus, you know, these these two lard asses are really going to hurt us next year. You know, we're trying to have a fast defense, and these two guys just won't lose weight. But it is incredible, man. You know, Danny Shelton has been great. Uh, Lawrence guy seems like he's just always doing his thing. Michael Bennett, not playing much, but I mean, maybe that's something we could talk about a little bit later. He's just, you know, he's I, at, at different points yesterday. I was thinking, has this guy even played a snap? Cause it's like, you just, but this defense is fantastic. Their linebackers are incredible. Bentley had his best day by far. I know Big you hit. and I have, dude, you and I have been critical of Bentley. That was by far his best game of the year. Uh, not even close either. I mean, yesterday he actually made some plays. He was in the right place. Some of that makes you wonder if that's a high tower effect, just knowing, you know, knowing where to get people in the right place, maybe just kind of demanding excellence. I don't know what the hell it is, but Bentley had his best game. It did feel like uh, Gilmore has given up a few more catches at times this year. But I love what you just said because, like you like you said about the uh, the years we've talked about it on other podcasts, the years where we had Ellis Hobbs running around out there, we had you know all these other different names out there, Sterling Moore out there, we had all these just not not good NFL cornerbacks, not a good NFL secondary. And we've talked about. I've asked you. I've said you know, man, because I really can't figure out: is it Patricia? Is it? Is it, you know, Flores? Is it Mayo? Is it all just Belichick? And it's as simple as just Belichick changing his philosophy? I'm not sure, but it's like we've watched a complete 180 turnaround from about 2012, 2011. Tlaib comes along. They were much better, but they were still really, really bad in the secondary. Aside from Tlaib, 
we all remember those AFC Championship games where Tlaib gets knocked out, and all of a sudden you're getting cooked. Um, those secondaries sucked, man. We've seen some some Patriots defenses that were really not that good. So when you say, you know, when people want to sit there and say, well, the Patriots haven't played anybody, their competition isn't great. It's like, yeah, but you get this schedule put in front of you, and not only are you beating them, you're just embarrassing them. They're allowing under seven points per game, and that includes the uh, the fourteen that the Jets got. They got that that punt muffed punt touchdown and they got that other touchdown off the pick six they given up i think i saw it 6.8 points per game that's like that's just silly i don't care who what schedule you're playing like i know that they're getting bad teams put in front of them but they're making these bad teams look incredibly incredibly bad and inept and they just got their first head coach of the year fired which is probably like a tradition for nfl fans like you play the patriots the next day your head coach gets fired yeah Nice job, Jay Gruden, firing up darts before the Patriots game. Patriots week. Yeah, really good. Really good stuff, buddy. Good job. Redskins fans were very happy to see him go. They want to see the rest of that front office go, too, because they're absolutely horrible. They said they were in the right direction today, had a good culture. Just awful. Very awful stuff from the Washington Redskins. Yeah, man, they suck. They really suck. And you know what? I don't care. Other people probably think I sounded sane. At the end of that game yesterday, I'm seeing this kid Haskins. He's there, whatever he was drafted, first-round pick. He's not even buckled up, doesn't have his helmet on, has his uh, shoulder pads undone. It's his bottom oh of his – Oh, gosh. I-, I noticed that stuff, and I'm thinking, why isn't this kid, like, buckled up? Like, in his coach's ear, like, hey, man, let me play. You know, it's the end of a 33-7 to blowout. Like, do they really need to get Colt McCoy more reps? And I know people say, like – Look, Haskins, a rookie, they'll ruin him if he plays. I don't believe in that crap anymore, man. It's 2019. These quarterbacks play early. They play often. I mean, if they're that worried about his confidence getting ruined from playing this year, like, is, is did they make – I just – I don't believe in that, man. Do you believe in that confidence stuff? I guess I believe in it a little bit, but I don't know. Not everybody's Ryan Leaf either. Like, people say, oh, Ryan Leaf never recovered. But maybe he was just also really bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah, usually when a quarterback starts OB, it's because the team is bad. The team is not very good. Exactly. I mean, Peyton Manning started as a rookie through 28 interceptions, whatever the hell it was. It's like, I mean, it happens. And Peyton Manning's confidence wasn't affected by it overall <laughs> long term because he was a great player. He was a special talent. If you're a special player, you make a few mistakes and you get better. I mean – Tom Brady now, Tom Brady as a rookie at eight, not as a rookie, I'm sorry, his first year starting, he obviously only started four, uh, 13, I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep making these mistakes, 14 games he started, he played in all, you know, he played in the one where he came in for blood, so, but he started 14 games, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, I don't think the 12 interceptions affected his confidence, I mean, because if you're a great player, you play, you make a few mistakes, and you, you know, you recover from it, I just thought it was weird, Haskins wasn't even ready to go at the end of a blowout, it's like, do you go into games telling this guy, don't bother, you're not playing today? Like, what's, what, like, what kind of direction is that? Shouldn't you have the, shouldn't, I don't know, man, when you played, weren't you, like, always, like, ready to go? Or you just, like, pouting around the sidelines with your shit unbuckled, like, ah, whatever, I don't want to play anyways. I, I don't know, I thought it was weird. I don't know, man, I'm a bit of a drama queen, so I can see myself pouting a little bit. Sending some <laughs> passive-aggressive signs, like, flipping the bird to the coach while he's not looking and shit. Like the camera would pan, I'd make sure the camera panned me and be flipping the coach the bird. So if you watch the all 22 tape, you'd be like, oh, Bryson NFL's flipping me the bird. What the hell is he doing? Cut him. Trade him. So basically, you're Adrian Peterson, right? On the sidelines when uh, yeah. he was fighting with Sean Payton. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'd be like, LB. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Do you remember that footage? He was like, you could see him like fighting. I always loved it when uh, Randy Moss squirted the water bottle at Dante Culpepper on the sidelines. <laughs> Speaking of all, did you see the uh, Travis Kelsey fighting with the uh, the Patriots? He had to be like restrained from like punching him out last night. It was amazing, wasn't it? Amazing. Oh, I love I love seeing the Kansas City Chiefs lose last night. That was a blast. Kelsey just absolutely shitting himself, dropping passes, fighting with coaches on the sidelines. Awesome. Now we love to see it. Awesome. One, uh, you said one thing, LB. I, a couple more things for the defense. Michael Bennett. I think what we said on this podcast, you just said it. He's just maybe he's just a, a strange guy. A lot of people say he's a very quiet guy. He just kind of does things differently. Times he'll sit by himself. So I, I thought, you know, this is strange. This is a really good player. He's not playing a whole lot. And as you said, the Patriots really don't rest players. But maybe they're just putting him in the Chris Long role and not playing him so much. And and maybe this is just his role. He's just a pass rusher, and Adam Butler just happened to be happens to be a, a good player and a better run defender, and they're just playing Adam Butler. And, you know, on the sack, I watched, and he got the sack, just walks away, and it was strange. Now, Alonzo, our good friend Alonzo, tells me that it looked like Bennett may have got hurt or banged up a little bit on the play. Not too serious, but he was in pain maybe, and he just walked away. But on the Bentley hit and on a couple other plays, he was actually celebrating and cheering with his teammates. And, you know, he did have that weird cover zero thing and blah, blah, blah. Just It's just really strange guy. I'll let you talk, but it, maybe he's just a strange guy. That's that's might be my most plausible explanation, but you're about to tell us a, a maybe a, the right um, explanation. What do you think, LB? I just think – I feel like there's, like, weird stuff going on with him. I don't know what it is. You and I have talked at different points about it. I know you, you've mentioned him him showing up late for camp. Like, even Chris Long, Dom – our buddy, our good friend Dom Gonzo there, 12, had those stats earlier. So Chris Long played 60% of the regular season snaps, I guess, on defense, which seems way higher than I remember. And in the, playoffs, in the playoffs, he was down to 39%. That's basically where Bennett's at right now is 39%. Now, I hear and I think to myself, like, with Rob Gronkowski, if he was going to get rested, he just didn't play. I don't necessarily believe that they go by the notion, we're going to keep you fresh. Because, I mean, when Gronk played, man, <laughs> like, they just, they were reckless with him. Like, look, Gronk's playing. He's, we're just going to go all out. Like, most years he lets – I don't even know if he ever went 16 games from his first two years there in the NFL. I don't think he ever played in 16 games again, did he? Where he actually played all 16 regular season games. It was usually you're going to get the day off. But when you play, you know, your full tilt, he's going to get just about every snap because he's a beast. I don't remember them ever saying, all right, we're going to play you 33% of the snaps today, Gronk, because we want to keep you fresh from January. You know, I just – I don't think that's how they operate. I think they operate whereas if you're going to play – you know, you're going to be all in. Obviously, there are definitely exceptions where, I don't know, I mean, how many how many snaps did Edelman play last week? And he has banged up ribs. He's wearing the, the, the rib protector and everything. He's wearing that QB protector thing on his ribs. I mean, I just don't know. Do you believe that they're keeping him fresh? Because I can't think of a lot of examples for guys where I say, oh, yeah, they were just keeping him fresh. I mean, when Hightower gets banged up a little bit, they, he just doesn't play. They don't go into the game and say, all right, well, you're going to play – you know, one third of the snaps this week. I'm just not sure I'm buying that. What do you think? I think um, this is a really good Bill Belichick quote, LB. And that is, there's two really good Bill Belichick quotes. And these are literally Bill Belichick quotes, as Lombardi has said and a couple other people. The first one is, 
I'm not a fucking doctor. And and the second one is show me the play where the guy's going to get hurt and I won't play him for that play. So Belichick is essentially saying, I have no control on whether a player gets hurt and I don't know what keeping a player fresh means. And so maybe you're just right about that. And maybe just Adam Butler has is just better in the run, which he probably is. I would say he is right now. And he's probably... He's just a slightly less better pass rusher, but he's also been pretty decent in the pass rushing role. Michael Bennett's obviously been a much better pass rusher than even Trey Flowers was on a per pass rush rate win basis. But maybe that's it. Maybe those Belichick quotes just kind of explain it. And you're right. And maybe this team's just like, yeah, you know, Adam Butler is a better run defender and Michael Bennett's a really good pass rusher. So we're going to use him there. Do you think there's any chance that they trade Michael Bennett? Cap hit, age, the way they're using him free up space for a wide receiver. They freed up some space today with Watson. Any chance that they trade Michael Bennett by the end of the year? Oh, good point, LB, because we're about to get into some trade targets and some people the Patriots may or may not have been in touch with or players the Patriots may or should be interested in. So I'll say the Patriots are at our good friend Pat's cap, LB. He's got, you know, he's got the cap down to the sense, and that's really important. So he's Must got follow. The- it must fall, yes. So the Patriots are at $2.8 million right now, I think, right? Or th- 3.8. I, I thought I heard somebody say 3.8. Yep, 3.8 sounds right after the Watson thing today. Yep. Uh, we got to talk about the Watson thing, too. We forgot about that. Jeez, so so easy to forget about it. So Watson retires, and LB called it, and maybe the Patriots didn't want, just didn't want Watson, and he said he kind of wants to play again, so he's not retiring. So the Patriots just felt like, yeah, we don't need your services, your – 38, 39 years old, and we have these young guys, and we need to clear. You know, we'd like to roll over some cap, and we don't feel like your cap space is is worth it. We just want to roll it over, use it for other players. And so I think that with Michael Bennett this year, if the Patriots trade him, I think they save like 2.8 million. That was as of last week. Obviously, it changes week to week, but next year they save 8.2 million, I believe, as our boy Brian Phillips um said. So it is possible that if the Patriots really wanted to, they they could maybe do a pick swap with a team, or a team would straight up give a pick for the, with the Patriots for Michael Bennett. Now I would say I am for Michael Bennett being on the team. He's been a really good pass rush pass rush artist. Really, he has a nice role in the offense. He hasn't playing good. He hasn't playing that much, but he's been playing really good. Or you know, if you have a ch- if the Patriots have a chance to get a wide receiver like Stephon Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders, and they need to shed some cap, they could say, "Look, Adam Butler is a really good player. We like him a lot, and we like Chase Winovich and all the other players. Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower. The defense is really good. Lawrence Guy, Danny Shelton's come on in a big way. Like he's just maybe he's an expendable player now. The Patriots think, and they shed his cap to another team, and then essentially trade for another player." I think that would be a good idea. I'm for both ideas, by the way. This is this is one of those rare situations where I will say both ideas are good. Here's what I'll say about Michael Bennett is that um, – are you still there or did we lose each other? No, I am here, sir. Uh, okay. All right, good. It went so silent, I was like, oh, crap, what happened? So here's the thing with Michael Bennett, right? And when he has you know four sacks in the AFC Championship game, I'll absolutely be like, look, I'm an idiot. You know, he's the man. I'm so happy we kept him and we kept him fresh for this, you know, this monstrous playoff game. I, I'm, I'm a total moron. But here's what worries me about Bennett is that it's not like you have him making, you know, he's on. He's. It's not like he's a guy on a rookie deal, just hungry, just trying to earn reps any way you can, just trying to make a name for himself. 
He's already kind of complaining about his role. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, the zero role, as he called it. He doesn't seem thrilled with it. He said about how, you know, they paid him that money. He thought he was going to play more. Michael Bennett is not really a nice guy. There's tons of things that you can look up for that. I mean, I won't even get into the the Las Vegas shooting thing because that's whatever. You can believe whatever you want to believe there. There's a lot of instances of him just being dirty at the end of games. Other things he's done where I remember he pushed a cameraman after a loss one year. I mean, Michael Bennett is not really a great guy. He's not exactly a guy that you say, hey, let's build our locker room around this guy. He's more of a guy that you bring into your locker room if you have a great locker room and you think, Maybe we can manage this. I know that he had had talks um, before the season saying he wanted to have a talk with Belichick and Brady about their political. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, I'm just not sure if this situation has the potential to just implode and just be a situation where they say, look, this guy needs to go. He's not he's not somebody that you have in this role that is Chris Long. Right. He's he's obviously, in my opinion, better than Chris Long. 2016 but Chris Long we think of Chris Long Chris Long you think like he's this really good guy you know he's a good locker room guy he's a great guy you know he's Michael Bennett is a much different situation and I agree with you he's excellent in his role the question is does he want to be in that role yeah maybe so not sure about that it will be yeah I mean, we're, just, we're just speculating but I think both of these situations are would be good situations for the Patriots. You get to keep a good player or you get to trade Michael Bennett for all, another good player. So either way, either of these situations are really good for me. Let's talk about the good players the Patriots could potentially trade for LB. So I made a little list. You can feel free to add some people, but I made the list in order from players where I thought were may, maybe the easiest to acquire or made the most sense for the Patriots or the other team on the receiving end to do. And number one, Muhammad Sanu. I feel like he would be really good in the Patriots system. Dorsett's kind of hurt. I guess he's got a hamstring injury. Those can be nagging sometimes. Muhammad Sanu would be a much, much better, is a much player than much better player than Philip Dorsett. He's a very good player. He's a really good route runner. I feel like he would really fit in with the Patriots offense. His cap hit is manageable. So that's a player I like. Number two, Emmanuel Sanders for the Broncos. The Broncos are also losing, just like the Falcons. Um, they, they won last weekend, but still the record's not very good. And maybe Sanders doesn't like his role and wants to be with a new team. The Patriots find some way to make some cap room. It kind of makes sense. And it sounds like, per Jason Lockenford, sounds like Sanders is a player the Patriots have been in on or are expected to be in on. And then next is Tyler Eifert, which a lot of people don't like because he misses a whole lot of games. But he's a good player. He's a good tight end. You know, I'm not – I wouldn't be thrilled with Tyler Eifert on my team. But if he could stay healthy, that would be great. His cap it is really low. So it's kind of like a flyer for a low-risk, high-upside Tyler Eifert tight end. He would be an upgrade over what they have. So then there's A.J. Green, who has been banged up lately. Is with the Bengals. Larry Fitzgerald is – a very good friend of his mentor has a big cap hit. I think he kind of wants to remain with the Bengals kind of a weird situation. And then the last one is, is Stefan Diggs. And that's if he's really not happy and the Vikings sound like they don't want to trade him, but if the Vikings truly aren't happy or the Vikings finally decide, look, we want to get rid of this guy. Stefan Diggs isn't happy. Maybe things blow over to a point where they really want to trade him. And the Patriots could absolutely wow them away with some picks. And it would be worth it because Stephon Diggs is a very good player. And it, you just have to think of it like 
a first round pick and another pick for essentially Nikhil Harry, but now you know for a fact that he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL for sure. And, you, and, and to know this, you have to pay a little bit more, and that's his cap hit, in which they absolutely could do. They have a lot of cap room next year. Julian Edelman's 33. Who knows if Josh Gordon's going to be on the team next year. So this would be a good idea to me. What do you think, LB? What do you think of all these? Who's your favorite? What, what idea do you like the best? The idea I like the best is definitely Diggs, of course. I'd say he has to be – I understand why, why you rank him where you rank him, of course. I mean, the Vikings don't seem like they want to trade him. The fact that they don't seem interested in trade him obviously impacts that. His salary, all that other stuff is definitely a factor. You know, what the Vikings would want for him, of course, is a factor. Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, would just be – he would be insane in this offense. To me, he would be the – you know, the – the off-brand version of Antonio Brown, what we're going to see in our offense with Antonio Brown. And then to me, next would have to be Emmanuel Sanders because I just love it. I love his game. I think that he fits everything for what the Patriots would want to do offensively. He would be your, you know, your, um, your off-brand version of Stephon Diggs, essentially, in my opinion. So you kind of just go down the, you kind of trickle down a little bit. Then definitely Sanu. I know I can definitely see the argument for why Sanu might be your first or second choice because I know that you've kind of reported on your own. Um, I don't know if I should say that or not, but I know that you've definitely told us or a few of us that you know the Patriots at one point this offseason inquired about Mohamed Sanu. I know that he went to Rutgers, so that right there alone tells you that the Patriots must absolutely love this guy, Rutgers alum. But I remember I'm pretty sure they were interested in him before he ever signed with Atlanta. Then based on things that you've told us, they called about him during the offseason and they wanted him. So I'd say those have to be the top three choices right there. Out of those three, what do you think is most realistic? Yeah, I think right now San- Sanu is like the most realistic, but I think that Sanders is the most likely to happen. In fact, I mean, I'm a couple of our friends in the chat – Joe, or Joe McNeely saying that the Mandel Sanders thing is kind of happening. A couple people are saying this, so I'm not like going to report it or anything like that. It's just like pure rumors where a lot of people are saying like this thing might ha- actually happen. And this is with over the weekend of Jason Lock and Forrest saying that the Patriots are one of the teams that are expected to be interested in Emmanuel Sanders or have been in on Emmanuel Sanders. I would be very excited for this. He's a really good player. The Patriots wanted him when he was with the Steelers and the Steelers tendered him for $2.5 million, I think, and the Patriots got in on it. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. That was a 2013 season, the season mess with uh, Julian Edelman. So that was pretty unfortunate. Now, maybe he becomes a Patriot again. That, this would be really fun. I think you're really correct about all the things you said, OB. I'm praying for, I'm praying that the Patriots get an upgrade here because they have Isaiah Wynn coming back in the wings. And they do have Nikhil Harry coming back in the wings. But he is also a rookie, and maybe we love him very much, and I expect him to be a good player, but maybe it's not in year one. And if it's not in Philip Dorsett or Julian Edelman, God forbid, gets hurt, or Josh Gordon gets hurt, I just knocked on all sorts of wood. I'm going to let everyone hear. Yeah, I'm knocking on wood. If one of these guys gets hurt, it might be tough sledding. You know, they have an easy schedule. But in the playoffs, it, it just takes one game. And I think if you bolster the wide receiver core, you know, prepare for – for one of these situations that would be very helpful and I would be very for it and also Tom Brady would love it 
Now, there's actually been a couple things there with Manny Sanders. So I remember that there was obviously when he was in Pittsburgh, the Patriots got him a pay raise with the tender. And then based on everything that was reported, the Broncos actually wanted Brandon LaFell, but instead they ended up getting Sanders. And then the Patriots wanted Sanders, but because Sanders went to Denver, they ended up signing LaFell. And it worked out okay in 2014. LaFell was awesome. It worked out okay for the Broncos too. You know, they ended up winning a Super Bowl in 2015 with Sanders. So the Patriots have definitely loved Sanders a couple times now here in the past. And this almost seems to be their third, you know, go around trying to get this guy. Sanders, of course, one time called the Patriots cheaters, but we'll have to forgive him for that because it seems like once everybody kind of shows up here, they, they drop all that nonsense and realize how much how the Patriots, it's not because of any other bullcrap. They're just better than you and they outwork you pretty much all week long. It's honestly amazing sometimes to even think the Patriots ever lose a game. <laughs> and, and you have to figure that the only reason they ever lose a game is just sometimes other teams have talent and they just kind of scheme it up perfectly. The Patriots are just – it's like they just do everything so much smarter and better than everybody else. They just outwork you all throughout the week. And I think Manny Sanders would show up here and just be like, holy crap, this is incredible. I don't know how I ever won a Super Bowl with bum-ass Peyton Manning. Yeah, we'll forgive him, LB. Socrates likes to call this ignorance, which is the chief, chief problem with human existence. So Emmanuel Sanders is just ignorant. He doesn't know about what the Patriots actually do. This is similar to just imagine back in the day, you know, if you if you were one of the first human beings on the planet, maybe you worship the sun and you think the sun is a god because you don't know any better. But then as the years pass, we realize that the sun is not not actually God at all. It's just like a form of kinetic energy and and energy. It just like creates a bunch of of warmth for us and, and it helps our living being on Earth. And now we know this. So once Emmanuel Sanders gets here, he will also realize this and he will no longer be ignorant and it will be very, very good. He'll realize that Tom Brady is amazing and, and that Bill Belichick, you know, sometimes does some shady stuff, but we still love him very much. You know, Belichick out, obviously. But Sanders, good fit. I like it a lot. And I think that, what do you think, LB? I feel like AB, I feel like we would see Sanders. I've kind of tweeted about this a little bit. I felt like Diggs would show up here and do the same things that we saw AB doing in that one game versus Miami, a lot in the slot opposite Edelman. I feel like Sanders would work in the slot a lot. They'd move Edelman all over. Josh Gordon, we already kind of know what they're, hopefully we got a glimpse into what they're going to start doing with them more here uh, versus Washington. I feel like, man, Sanders and Tony, I'm sorry, I, I'm now I got his name stuck in my head. Sanders, um, Gordon, and Edelman. Would be much better, obviously. And now, of course, Dorsett is has a hamstring. They're saying it's going to be week to week. And with a guy like Dorsett, who's known as a really fast player, I don't know, man. I never want to hear hamstrings with guys in here week to week because those things linger. You have to figure that they know that they need to make a move for a wide receiver soon. Yeah, I think so too. It'll be. I, I'm fully. I fully think that they'll be in the run for some of these players, and maybe the price is too much, and they don't do it. But I think. They will definitely be sniffing around, see what the price is. Maybe they can get Emmanuel Sanders. A lot of people think for a six-round pick because his contract is kind of bad. Maybe they take it on and get a six, and you know it works out. I think. I think unless you have any other Patriots thoughts, LB, I think we just covered the Patriots pretty well right there. You know, I think that we got to mostly everything. Truthfully, I'm trying to think of uh, if there was. I'm sure that you have a couple quick notes from the game yesterday, right? I mean, it sounds like you met a bunch of people from the chat. I know you met our – now, what's his name? I know – I can never even remember his at. It's like love – I always I always think of his name as Lou. What is his name? I don't know. His name is Jay. So I met Jay and I met Cal. She's a Steelers fan. That was really fun. 
We all get to hang out. We've known those, those, well, I've known them for a good while. They're, they're really good people. They treated me really well. Took me out to, I was in DC. I think we went to closer towards Baltimore. I don't know. It was a pretty far drive. They took me there. We had some beers, watched some UFC. It was fun. And then the next day, you know, a couple people were like, hey, let's get a picture. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk some ball. And I got to talk with a couple people and we've got some pictures. And it was a really, it was just a really fun day, LB. It was really good. Got to, got to hear Fitzy talk about us saying weep. And it was, just really, it was overall a really good day. Got to spend some time with my dad. We watched a game. It was, it was very fun. I like how you said that. It was very fun. <laughs> it was very, like, it was it was very, a- very fun. Hey, man, I, you know what? It's been a couple years since I've been to a Patriots game. I'm definitely missing it. At this point, if I go to a Patriots game, dude, I feel like you're def- you're just going to be there like by default. It seems like you're, you've already been to – didn't you – so how many games have you been to now this year? Why am I thinking that you already went to one? Am I wrong? I went, I went to Titans off-season practices, joint practices, and that was it. I haven't been to any other – I actually have lab on Monday, so it's actually hindering me from going. But Pat's Cowboys, if you're listening and you're going to the game – I will be at Pass Cowboys most likely, hopefully taking a red eye back. But I want to get away more games. I just have stupid lab. Maybe over break I can get to some games, drive some games, stay at our good friend Connor's house. And if I get the chance, I'm going to go to at least tailgate at every one. If I, I, I kind of want to just go up there for the wintertime in Mass and just stay with my boy Connor. Which one's who, – who is Connor? I'm not even sure. Boris. Oh, yeah, Boris. Dude, I always forget his name is Connor. Holy crap. I always think of his first name is Boris. That's so weird. He's going to, like, listen to this and be like, he's going to do that voice. He's going to be like, you moron. How is it he talks? What is it? I don't know. He's a he's a, <laughs> he's a big dumb, just like his cat Deuce. He's a coward. I'll never forget when he uh, jumped in the background. We were podcasting. That was classic. Probably deleted now from all the records, but it, it was it was a fantastic moment in Title Talk history for sure. Yeah, it was, LB. So, the other good moment is, Fitzy being saying the title talk is amazing. Just by the way, as a reminder, everyone, I'm going to say that every day, by the way, because I have the video saved and everyone's seen it online. So everyone knows it. I think the last couple of things we're going to talk to that's going to make talk about and it's going to make Patriots fans really happy. A couple of things happened last night that were very fun. And, you know, LB, I missed a lot of the games. I was at the game. I was kind of on Twitter and doing my thing after the game, caught bits and pieces of the Cowboys Packers game. But you know, the Chiefs fans talking a whole lot of crap about the Patriots and how they're super – you know, the Chiefs, obviously we talked last podcast about how Chiefs fans were talking about how they were Super Bowl locks pretty much and the Patriots should be very afraid. And, you know, you hate to see Tom Brady's backups back up go into Arrowhead and just win 19-13. to 13. He scored 19 points and one. And I'm being told that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense is the greatest offense of all time. It's just it's it's just a really funny thing, LB. Oh, you know what's been really funny today is the amount of Packers fans and Chiefs fans who are loving this that tweet about touchdown passes. How like, you know, something that I know you've certainly been saying a lot for years, and I've certainly tried to say, and we've all certainly tried to say about passer rating and touchdown passes and interception ratio and all that bullcrap not being the most important thing. And today I say that people are like, yo, preach, brother. Like, ah, man, you're right. Like, Aaron Rodgers has no touchdown passes yesterday. Handed off before touchdown runs. His fans, they're like, look, man, it's not about the stats. It's about the wins. Oh, finally, my God. It's It's taken so long to realize that it's not about touchdown passes. Holy cow. (laughs) Isn't it incredible? Last week, Patrick Mahomes had a rating of 81. But, look, he handed it off to his running back for three touchdowns. It's not his fault his running back took touchdowns from him. 
you just hate to see these fans all of a sudden today. And I love it that that other Packers fan saying today, look, man, I'm done worrying about his stats. All right. I'm thinking about the wins now. That's great. I love that you're now focused on winning and not Rogers stats. I'm really glad that it took you until 2019 to realize that winning is more important than your favorite quarterback stats, you know, because when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, nobody talked about Brady's stats. They all said, yeah, but Brady has six rings now. I'm seeing a lot of fraudulent cowardice today on the Twitter machine, Bryson. And a lot of it has to do with these touchdown passes. Connor Mahomes won. I'm Connor Mahomes, I said. So Patrick Mahomes. One touchdown pass in two weeks. Aaron Rodgers, no touchdown passes yesterday. But oh wow. wow, I mean, that's that's crazy. And now now I'm seeing a lot of people say that it's not about touchdown passes; it's about scoring points. I'm very confused because a lot of Packers fans and Chiefs fans are liking and retweeting that, but I'm not sure that they understand where we're coming from. Totally, Bryce. I don't either, LB. Because LB, you've had a, you posted the video that a lot of people liked of Tom Brady's, all of his playoff touchdowns. And then I posted the video earlier this summer of, I think Tom Brady's longest touchdowns and the, the common theme between opposite fans, because of course LB, they're not as smart as Patriots fans like us, because we've seen the Patriots win and we see how winning is done. And we've seen how Tom Brady plays the greatest quarterback of all time. And they'll say things like, but he was wide open and, but it was a screen. But, but, and it's, and the point was always, yes, it is not often you guys see a guy throw an on the money dot in between three defenders and for 50 yards. Like that doesn't happen very often. And finally, now they're coming back around. They're saying, look, yeah, you know, maybe touchdowns aren't a great barometer to judge quarterback play alone. You can't just look at touchdowns and say, well, so-and-so had zero touchdowns. He had a bad day today. Well, no, you can't look at that. You actually have to watch a game or look at some more numbers, figure out the yards per attempt and what the line was like, what the defense he was playing. All sorts of context matters, which Patriots fans know. Patriots fans know this. We've been saying this for years. And other fans are now getting hit to this fashion. I love to see it. It's actually really funny. Now we can just use it against them in arguments all the time. Like someone today was like, yeah, talking about, oh, well, you're saying that Patrick Mahomes wasn't good. Nope, not saying he wasn't good at all. He actually had zero touchdowns like or zero touchdowns, one touchdown, whatever he had. I don't care at all how many touchdowns he has. It doesn't matter. And then, you know, they'll, I'll say things like, you know, Tom Brady missed James White in the flat as much as I loved him in the Super Bowl. So. Things like this happen and context matters. Yes, Colin Brady yep. threw for 500 yards, but quarterbacks are what we, I would say 75% of what wins games is the quarterback probably. The quarterback and, the system, and whatever system he's in to best um, implement his skill set because every quarterback is obviously different. And every system should um, do this, this very thing and just focus on the quarterback strengths and is not a problem at all. It's funny because I've said about that Super Bowl 52, man. It's like Brady did not lose them Super Bowl 52. He just didn't win it for them either. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He had all those yards. He had all those great stats. But we're used to Brady, you know, maybe having an interception or two like versus Seattle. And then just, you know, like all of a sudden he just takes over or Atlanta where maybe he throws a pick six and – Things are going very bad, and then all of a sudden he turns it on, and then all you know what I mean. It, it's just in crunch time; you don't have to worry about it because you know he's going to come through. Super Bowl Fifty Two, perfect, perfect, perfect thing to say. Like you know, he did have James White right there. He had Danny Amendola running right in front of him. He had two guys wide open. He kind of was stuck on Gronk, and he fumbles. So 
I wouldn't say Brady lost them that game because he fumbled. That would be unfair, right? But I can't say, you know, he won them the game because obviously they lost and we all saw him fumble there. So it's just one of those things where you watch the games and sometimes the stats might not be great. But I've even thought what our good friend Dave Brown, who we just absolutely love. Love that program. guy, man. Love that oh, guy. Yeah. Love that guy. So I don't good. know if you've have you heard the name of his his uh, podcast by the way I think he just started entitled town or something oh, like that oh very cool <laughs> making fun of Patriots fans in your podcast because you're smarter than everyone else by the way Dave Brown has never had an an, an, an sex that's like his he's never had sex and he's never had a taste that's <laughs> like his he's never been like you know what See, you know why do people do this this is what very smart people do like you and I will be why do people say you know, stupid people will say Tom Brady is good. Wise people like us will say, is he? And then we'll look and we'll watch the games and see the context. And then we'll ask more questions and raise more questions because we are extremely wise people. And that's what wise people do. What Dave Brown does is this. Um, Belichick says this is good, so it's good. It is. No matter what. Everything. <laughs> it's just good. Philip Dorsett is great. Idiots. Shut up. Philip Dorsett is so good that they gave him a one-year prove-it deal, fact, which they gave him that deal because they're geniuses, and they just knew that giving him a one-year prove-it deal, oh, wait, maybe they gave him a one-year deal worth, like, no money because he's actually not that good. I mean, if he was as good as, they, as these people say, he should be here on, like, a four-year deal right now, but, you know. But, but what I was going to say that Dave Brown said, right, versus Buffalo, we'd all agree Brady was bad. You know, he, he actually defended the game and said he was very good. Okay, that's idiotic. He wasn't very good. But I also, after re-watching some of the stuff, thought to myself, boy, there was nobody open here. You know, Brady, yeah, he takes a sack. Or maybe Brady just kind of throws. But you know what? He could have just been an idiot like Josh Allen and just chucked it up all day, right? And thrown, like, just said, you know what? I'm just going to chuck it up. So even when Brady struggles and his numbers suck, you can at least walk away from the game being like, you know what? At least it was Tom Brady sucking and not Josh Allen sucking. So you can go back and watch that Super Bowl last year and say to yourself, yeah, Brady wasn't great. You know, they only scored 13 points. But at the same time, at least my quarterback wasn't Josh Allen just throwing up interceptions all day. At least he made plays to win. He had, of course, the throw to Gronk. He, he made other throws in that game. His wide receiver, by the way, walked away from that game. Super Bowl MVP. Somebody was throwing the ball to Julian Edelman that day. Let's not forget. Um, I just think of it sometimes like Brady, even when he's bad, he's still good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can look at the numbers and be like, wow, Brady sucked versus Buffalo. Okay, they have a great defense. At least he wasn't Josh Allen out there, you know. Think about what other players would be doing versus the Patriots do defense or think about how other players would have played versus the Rams in last year's Super Bowl. Hopefully people just start to understand that there is context. There is quarterbacking that goes beyond stats and all this other crap where people want to say passer rating TDINT ratio and all this other crap. Like try watching the games, man. You know, Patrick Mahomes, one touchdown the past two weeks. He obviously has sucked. He's obviously bad and he's obviously getting carried, right? I mean, one touchdown past two weeks. He, he's not good. Aaron Rodgers handed it off with four touchdown runs last week. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was very, very bad last night. I will say this, though, seriously. Dude, I know you said that you missed some of it. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur on the sidelines is just like gold. Every time Rodgers comes off the field, he's got Matt LaFleur like just talking shit to him. And it's just fantastic. Like, And their fans are like, no, no, they're actually getting along great. It's like, dude. 
Belichick talks to Brady like once. <laughs> How often does Belichick even talk to Brady? Really? Like, obviously, you know, you call timeout or the quarterback. Does, it, it's just so funny. I don't know if other people have seen this, but like every time Rodgers comes off the field, he's got Matt LaFleur just like busting his balls about something. It's just awesome. You really hate to see that, OB. Hate to see those things. Hate to see it. <laughs> you know what else I hate to see, OB? Hate to really see that, you know, like I just said earlier, why does people raise questions? So I'm going to raise a question that people raise about Tom Brady very, very often. Our good friend Tom Brady, big fan of title talk, by the way. Drew Brees. Saints, 3-0 and without him. Teddy Bridgewater passes for 300 yards in a game, wins. People think he looks great, although I think Teddy Bridgewater has not looked good, but that kind of plays into what I'm saying here. Drew Brees, really good quarterback, but if it was Tom Brady, you know what they would be saying? People would be like, oh, sis Tom. Oh, look, yep. they can win, win games without sis Tom, but everyone loves Drew Brees, except for NFC South um, rival fans and I love Drew Brees, but people people would say this about Tom Brady, and they in fact have in the past. And I'm not seeing like some idiot dope on YouTube posting like videos of Drew Brees with all the screen passes. And I posted the stat earlier. Every year since 2016, since they've been recorded, Tom Brady has been above Drew Brees in air yards per attempt every single year. And some years, like one year, is nine to six point three. Like Drew Brees air yards per attempt. Are, is not very high at all. Like he's actually dinking, dunking the way that people think Tom Brady is. But I still love Drew Brees, and he's a he's a good, good, accurate quarterback. But these things are just true. And if it were Tom Brady, you would be asking if Drew Brees was a system quarterback. That's what people would be doing. They'll be. It's so goofy, man. I've said this now for years. Like system quarterback, there there isn't a single system quarterback in the NFL. And if he's in the NFL as a system quarterback, he's going to last about two years. And I and like I truthfully mean that system quarterback is a college football or high school football term. Whoever started bringing that crap to Twitter, I'm gonna blame Sports Talk Joe. It's just an absolute moron. System quarterbacks do not exist. Granted, like people will say, well, no, that's not true either. LB, every quarterback's in a certain system. Well, yeah, obviously, but look. In the pros, you run a pro style offense. If you don't, and you try winging it and running crap like Tebow is running. That's going to last – that's about how long you're going to last. You're going to last as long as Tim Tebow, or you're going to last as long as prime Cam Newton lasted. How good has Cam Newton been these past few years or his whole career? Has he really been – you know what I mean? He's kind of more of a system-ish guy where you need to run all these different things. And let's be honest here. A lot of these guys that come in with that system crap and they're running around a lot, look at Carson Wentz running that RPO, man. He gets hurt all the time. Like Nick Foles didn't last too long, ends up breaking his collarbone, whatever the hell it was this year. RPO guys getting killed. Uh, System quarterback, really, that's always been a college football thing because you can see a guy like Tim Tebow succeed in college or a guy like Andre Ware, I'm going way back now, running the air raid in college. Lighting it up, Colt Brennan at Hawaii. That that's a system quarterback, man. As a guy who can only do it really at the college level, college calling NFL quarterback system quarterbacks is so stupid. Like, if you're a system quarterback in the NFL, you're not going to last more than two years. You're just it means you suck and that you can only succeed like running gimmicky bullcrap. Do you see what I'm saying here? I see exactly what you mean, Obi. You're totally right. You know, every quarterback has their own system. Like Peyton Manning had his own system. And people will give him all the credit in the world, my, me, myself, for when Peyton Manning's system succeeded very well in the regular season. But then in the playoffs, 
when Peyton Manning didn't play bad, you know, that was Peyton Manning's system and it was Peyton Manning's offense. Maybe you should take a little bit of the blame there, which I would certainly blame Peyton Manning for a lot of his playoff losses where he didn't play very well. But this is just the truth. This is the absolute truth. System quarterbacks don't really exist. And if they do, it's not for long. You know, Matt Castle passed for, what, 21 touchdowns in 2008, and Tom Brady had 23, I think, to Randy Moss alone in 2007. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. They don't exist. It's, it's a very stupid argument. And if you bring this argument up, you should actually be thrown in prison. And I'm not even remotely joking. As soon as you say it on Twitter or anything like that, like there are some threats on Twitter that will get you locked up. And like if you threaten the president or like threaten threaten someone like this, a really high class person in the government, I guess, like you like you'll be out of here very fast. Like remember when the girl was like like threat? I think there was a girl like something about a plane, like something about like F- I don't I don't remember, but. If you do one of these things, like say you're going to crash a plane or like say you're going to do something to the president, you you go straight to jail. And if you say that a quarterback is a system quarterback, you obviously you automatically like the CIA should show up at your house. They should slap you in the face. They should take a trip to your mother's house and they should just shame her for raising such an such an idiot. And how you just disgraced your poor mother just like that. Lock them all up, man. If you, if somebody says system quarterback on Twitter, they, they deserve to be thrown in prison. Lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> Go home and get a job. I know that Nate's been sharing that uh, meme, that, that one a lot, that video. Go home and get a job. It's like, that's what we need to say. <laughs> it's so get true, a job. man. Go home and get a job. Or get locked up. Either way, pick your choice. If you say system quarterback for NFL quarterbacks, you're an idiot. Like... Like, look at Lamar Jackson, man. Now, that's a system quarterback. I'm going to be honest with you. He's kind of a system quarterback. He runs a lot of, like, gimmicky bull crap. Oh, I'm going to take off and run. But really, eventually, you have to rely on your arm, and eventually you get exposed for what you are. Like, I'm trying to think of a few, like, one- to two-year guys who really proved that they were just a system guy and kind of just couldn't really do crap once defenses adjusted to them. And it's just goofy, man. Tom Brady has, has not succeeded. He's been in more systems than just about any quarterback probably in NFL history and succeeded in them all. Granted, you're not going to ask him to run these same offense as Cam Newton because that wouldn't suit his needs. And at this point, I don't know if it suits Cam Newton's needs because it seems like he probably has CTE already from all the headshots he's taken. So, I mean, I don't know, man. System quarterback is just dumb as crap. Like, seriously, like you said, man, lock these people up and throw them in prison. These people and the people that slander Isaiah Wayne and Josh Gordon. Oh, boy. You deserve prison. And by the way, there's there's been some people on, on Twitter, by the way, that have been like – there was a video of Tom Brady talking about he, he can't do the jobs of everyone else. He can only worry about his jobs. And there's actually people online. You would not believe this. You would not believe this. There's people online that say they are tired of Tom Brady Patriots fans. They're tired of Tom Brady and his attitude, and they can't wait for him to be gone. Those people deserve more than prison. Whatever more than prison is in your imagination right now, whatever you just first thought of, that's exactly what they deserve, and maybe worse. That's what you deserve. Tom Brady's a very handsome, great man, and just a very good quarterback, the best quarterback of all time. You should be ashamed of yourself, and you should slap yourself every single time you look in the mirror for even coming up with this thought. We are now more stupid for you, even just saying this. 5,000 <laughs> points from Gryffindor, and may God have mercy on your soul. How about the person, the kid there who compared it to Kyrie Irving? That had to oh have been the best. God. My God, Tom Brady's Kyrie. He's the opposite of Kyrie Irving. 
He's up. Imagine if Brad and Stevens walked in front of the team and was like, you know what, Kyrie? You sucked last night. You were shit. You were awful. <laughs> you see this? You were terrible. Kyrie would be crying in the corner and tweeting about how Brad Stevens was the worst person of all time and something about the government or something like that. But Tom Brady just takes us on the chin from Bill Belichick because Tom Brady's a very good man, a very strong man, a very good dad, a, a father to us all, I must say, LB, a father to us all. Has a very strong chin, very strong chin. Yeah, you know, people cowards will say things like this. They'll say, well, he kisses his children. Okay, well, you know what? I wish Tom Brady would kiss me, and I'm his children as well. And so are you, OB. I'm sure you wish the same thing. So. Oh, yeah. He can yeah, kiss exactly. me on the mouth any day. I don't care. <laughs> exactly, OB. Do not slander the King Tom Brady. Do not slander OB NFL. Do not slander Fitzy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Don't. If you want to slander Shobbs, if you know who Shobbs is, you probably run into him on the timeline. <laughs> Don't slander Dave Tank 68, too, by the way. Don't do we do have that. any good Dave Tank tweets today? He said the uh, night. I was thinking, Tank, I was thinking we need a Dave Tank. <laughs> Dave Tank. You know, I, said, I was like, hour, we need a Dave Tank sesh. Since we're an hour into the podcast, you know, our, only our very good friends are listening at this point. They already tuned us out when we started talking about kissing Tom Brady and things like that. So Dave Tank, I'm checking on his timeline. You know, obviously, if you don't know Dave Tank 68 on Twitter, Dave Tank just absolutely owns everyone. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care if he gets suspended. Like he just, he just literally does everyone's duty. He just, he just, he absolutely destroys people on Twitter. I'm scrolling his timeline right now, and it's you know so far he's actually he's actually keeping it calm. But there there are times, like let's let's let me try to find it. He's gone. They've they've gotten to him a little bit, man. They they gave him that seven day ban not long ago, and it's just That's you know it's days. oh man, it's a shame, you know, because once you get those seven days, it's like you're one you're on your last strike, and everybody has to tone it down. It's just a shame, you know. Twitter's an awful place for doing that to Dave Tank. Yeah, he loves us very much. And someone said. Brady's never played a road playoff game in his life. Obviously, this person got ratioed because he literally just won a playoff game, AFC championship game in Arrowhead. And Dave Tank says, Brady has beaten four number one seeds on the road in the playoffs. You are a clown. W, Dave Tank. Yeah, Dave Tank. Oh, man. It's just, I'm telling you, it's like there's just, he used to just call everybody names. He'd call them like bitch or like call them like all these crazy names. It's just... Twitter's just a sad place for doing this. I cannot believe they would censor Dave Tank. He should have just been like the one guy that's allowed to say whatever he wants, you know? Yeah, everyone should just give Dave, Dave Tank a pass. Like, he should just have, an, have like a limitless Twitter suspension pass. And Twitter should be like, look, we know that we don't support hateful contact. But in this, in this case, Dave Tank is just absolutely owning. And so he just get, like he's just going to always own. He's Dave Tank 68. Like there's nothing he's not going to own and he'll come back even stronger if we try to suspend him. Oh, here's a good one. Someone told our boy David to shut the f up because Dave said to Todd Gurley, if you didn't want to be heard from, you wouldn't have tweeted anything, but you did. I'm just I'm going through Dave's tweets. Says, it's just like him responding to so many people. It's insane. Here you go. Here's one. Someone said the Patriots have eight guaranteed wins a year. And Dave says, of all the teams in the NFL, call out these Chucky, these chuckleheads calling out the most consistent team in the NFL, the team that wins more than anybody else makes perfect sense. And this, this guy, these two guys started going on about Dave Tank. And he says, someone said, he's a Packers fan. And Dave Tank says, oh, my bad. Then really shut the F up. Are you kidding me? 
game tank just absolutely does not care. I, uh, I, I just miss all the swearing, and it's just, you know, I'm going through this, and it's like you can just see that they taped. He said, wait, who the heck? What? What have they done to Dave Tank? Are you seeing this? He said, Stop wait, censoring Dave heck? Tank 68 Twitter. Stop I cannot believe. The I just went. OB, OB, <laughs> if we went back in time and we said we just immediately were, we were just put straight into the past and we looked Thomas Jefferson and the writers of all the articles in the past that mean so much to our country, the founders of our nation. If we said, look, you don't know him, but his name's Dave Tank, okay? And there are some people that are trying to censor our very good Dave Tank who's spitting the truth here. And they'd be like, look, brother, that's not okay. You go back there and tell them that Thomas Jefferson said that they can frick off, okay? You, that's what you tell them because Dave Tank should Look, be brother. whatever he should. From the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers would not have this. You know, a lot of people say <laughs> the Fathers wouldn't go for this new Second Amendment stuff. But no, that's not the take. They would not go for the censorship of Dave Tank 68. That's not what they would do. They'd be upset. I love- <laughs> <laughs> They'd be going for war. They'd be taking blood. They'd be forming a small militia to defend Dave Tank at any cost, and they'd be going. They'd be going after, and they'd make they'd make policies to just protect people like Dave Tank for just spewing all sorts of stuff. That's you know what? Maybe it's hateful and offensive, but it's also correct. So just learn to deal with it and cry about it below. And in ran LB. LB, did you die? Did I kill you from the rant? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I was actually talking, and I, I just realized I was on mute because I was trying to, like, not laugh too hard into the microphone. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, that's true. I was just saying, like, I love how you have the Founding Fathers just, like, talking like, like these 1980s wrestlers. Like, look, brother. <laughs> Nobody's... <laughs> no one knows that. What happened Thomas Jefferson? It's like... I don't know. I don't know how to do Thomas. <laughs> just Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Look, brother. He probably had a he probably had a northern accent, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, wasn't he from he's Philadelphia? Like, he's like, look, um, Dave Tank is wicked awesome. I think he was from Philly. I think it wasn't there some Wait, shit with like the Liberty if Bell. Jefferson was an asshole. Great, he would have been. He'd be an Eagles fan. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson would be on Twitter posting gifts of Brady dropping the pass in the Super Bowl. Jesus, you know what? Squash oh. the whole entire year I just had. We need to go back in time and just get rid of Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> I think he was from Philly, man. Wasn't that like the whole Liberty Bell thing? Like. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, F the Liberty Bell. Exactly, man. You're right. He'd probably be posting all this crazy crap. And as Abraham Lincoln once said, just because you see something in a meme on the internet doesn't mean it's true. I mean, I've seen that. And that's an actual Abraham Lincoln quote. He and said people it. need to he remember that. Just, he did. <laughs> I don't think I'd see that. And it was a lie. I mean, why would somebody put a lie on the internet, truthfully? Tom Brady did not drop that pass. He, in fact, caught it. And, re- and he actually ran it into the end zone. And the Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl that day. If we continue to say it, it's got to be true. LB, thank you, sir, for coming on the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I think for me, the thing I'd like to say is thanks to everyone for supporting the podcast and coming up to us at the games and saying that we're awesome on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. I'm really thankful for all of you. We do it for you guys. You guys are the best. We'll just continue to grind and be awesome. And thanks, LB, yeah. also, for being just an awesome podcast host. Hey, thank you, sir, for, for giving me the chance to come on. I'll never forget the uh, the first podcast we ever we ever did together. It was after the Titans lost, so we got off to a crazy start where it was like that was supposed to kind of be like the end. 
they got pounded by the Titans. I remember we had the Tony Dungy thing happen where he reported a bunch of our accounts because um, we spammed them. Oh my God, he did. Tony Dungy freaking. <laughs> We, we, we copy-pasted Tony Dungy, and then I got locked, actually, later because I got – well, I mean, pretty much a 12-hour suspension because we – they thought we were robots. Tony Dungy, yeah. a living, breathing human being, thought that all of these accounts with a whole lot of followers would just, like, randomly spam. No, we spammed you because you're a dum-dum, Tony. You had a dumb face. <laughs> Tony Dungy. I just remember we all up. spammed him. We discussed the Dion Lewis, how we were going to hit him with that gif. Remember after the game he posted that 50 cent gif? We were like, oh man, when the playoffs come, we're going to be, oh God. And it was too. It came and it was glorious. Tony, Dion Lewis got all that crap. I remember, I'll never forget we talked about OBJ. You know, we he had just had that thing happen. I think for some reason OBJ came up. We we're talking about how um he, he had just had that thing with the cocaine and smoking a blunt and I was saying about how he wanted to, you know, just watch the hooker and the. You remember he asked the the chick to like give his friend fellatio or something like that. He asked some prostitute to have sex with his friend. And he was just gonna sit there and watch or something. And he was doing cocaine and it was a great podcast. I never, you never forget the first one, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was a great start, LB. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. We're excited. I think Wednesday morning we're gonna record. We're gonna actually. Wednesday morning, we're going to post our Giants preview because the Patriots play the Giants on Thursday night football. That would be a very fun game. Eli Manning won't be there to wreck the game. Like, the Patriots could have their most amazing season ever, and Eli Manning would just suddenly go out there and just ball all over the Patriots. It's not going to happen this year, so I'm really happy about that. So it was good to talk to you, LB. Can't wait for the Giants preview, and we love it. We love you, Bryson NFL. Thank you for having me on. Always fun. Go Patriots. Good, sir. Do your job. We're still here. We're still here. Ignore the noise. Love you, LB.